sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Welcome to our number two, the morning after live right here on this Thursday on Sports Grid, Sirius XM, Channel 159, and all across the Spiz Grizz Network, that is also Sports Grid. I am Ben Stevens. Thank you for joining us here on this Thursday. The second hour of the show has a ton in store. We check in on the NHL. We'll bring you a ton of football your way, both for Thursday night and the rest of the weekend. And it's an interesting holiday weekend, of course, in the National Football League. A game tonight on Thursday starts off week number 16. But because Christmas is Sunday, our usual full Sunday slate moves to Christmas Eve on Saturday. 11 of the 14 games this weekend on Saturday. A triple header on Sunday and Monday night football to round everything out. But bowl season in this most merry time of the year continues to roll on as well this is the point of college football that is one of the reasons that we love this sport it is always the blending of the historic past with the present and always keeping an eye on the future and that is the case right now in college football as the early signing period is underway it started yesterday with national signing day recruits signing the dotted line to where they will play their football for the next foreseeable future, although the transfer portal and NIL has changed the landscape. And there's this big boogeyman idea of name, image, and likeness completely, drastically shifting the landscape in college sports. Yes, it has, but you need to evolve if you're going to stay at the top of your craft. But you'll look at the teams right now that have top 10 classes in this 2023 recruiting cycle, and it will be very familiar names, including Alabama with the top-rated class in 2023, Georgia, the reigning national champs, and the odds-on favorites to do it for a second consecutive season, the number two overall class. But look at Miami up there. The future is bright. Expectations come with it in South Florida, but Miami has only had one other top 10 class in the past six years. So maybe name, image, and likeness and big boosters like John Ruiz willing to shell out big money means that this becomes a little bit more equitable in college football at this moment. The early signing period rolls on. We'll continue to monitor how those rankings shift. Oregon making some big statements because their NIL booster collective that is spearheaded by Nike founder and CEO Phil Knight is run like a professional organization. And that's where things stand in college sports at the moment. So that's the future. But we also have the present as bowl season continues to roll on. Only one bowl game last night. Only one on this Thursday. Late night in New Orleans. A 9 p.m. Eastern time kick in the RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl between Western Kentucky and South Alabama. And we talked about this game thoroughly yesterday. The nation's second leading passer entering, who now tops all of FBS football in terms of passing yardage this year, Austin Reed for the Hilltoppers of WKU was on display in a big way last night. Western Kentucky gets the win, 44-23, outright as a three-and-a-half-point underdog against the Jaguars of South Alabama, who entered with a top-15 scoring defense last night, but they were susceptible against the pass 
And Austin Reed entered last night, averaging nearly 330 passing yards per game. His passing yards prop on Tuesday evening opened at 273 and a half. By the time we got to kick last night in NOLA, it was 290 in a hook. And Austin Reed balked at both of those numbers. He had more than 330 yards in the opening half. He finished with 497 as Western Kentucky gets a 44-23 victory. A welcome to our Sports Grid Radio audience here, the second hour of a Thursday, live on TMA, Sirius XM, Channel 159. All of our terrestrial radio affiliates now in the fold as well. I am Ben Stevens. So only one bowl game yesterday, sad. Only one bowl game today. At 2.30 p.m. Eastern time today, I should be watching a bowl game played in some tropical environment, but instead we only have one game, and what is expected to actually be Quite a cold game in Fort Worth, Texas for the Armed Forces Bowl between Air Force and Baylor. Now, the Falcons are a three-and-a-half-point underdog. We have seen this line work in favor of Air Force all week long. Air Force is the top-rushing team in the country, averaging north of 318 yards per game on the ground because they run the triple option. Baylor, as a rushing defense, has regressed this year from the Big 12 champs they were a season ago. It's an area to keep an eye on. You saw their history yesterday in college basketball. Iowa hosted Eastern Illinois as a 32-and-a-half-point favorite. But it was Eastern Illinois winning outright 92-83. Dating back in the last three decades, it is the largest upset in the history of the sport. No team as a 30-point underdog or higher had ever won outright in the last 30 years until Eastern Illinois pulls off that feat yesterday in Carver-Hawkeye in Iowa City against Iowa. Another Big Ten basketball team in action in the Jumpman Classic last night in Charlotte against North Carolina. The Tar Heels, though, prevail with the victory. A great game late, 80-76 to in favor of UNC, who was a five-and-a-half-point favorite. North Carolina started off the year as the preseason number one rated team in the country. They won their first five games, lost their next four, only covering once in that nine-game span. You can see the odds for North Carolina not listed on this board, but starting to improve around their contentional price to win a national championship. More in the morning after. Up next, we hit the ice. Stay with us here on TMN. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Live right here on the morning after on SportsGrid, Sirius XM, channel 159. We are getting ready to go here on TMA. I am Ben Stevens. Very pleased right now to welcome on our good friend, Pete Jensen, the host of the Fantasy on Ice podcast from NHL.com, joining us here for some ice advice on this Thursday during this holiday week. Pete, thank you so much for taking the time, as always, to join us here on the morning after. What's going on, Ben? Great to be with you. And yeah, we're two months plus into the NHL season, so it's been a fun ride so far. A lot of big upsets at different points, lots of big surprises across the league, uh, but the cream always rises to the top. So looking forward to breaking it all down with you. 
And maybe that's the case for the reigning Stanley Cup champs in the Colorado Avalanche. A big favorite last night, Pete, at home in Denver against the Montreal Canadiens. They need to go to overtime, but they get the victory to one cashing a minus 295 price on that money line. That is now three straight victories for the Avs, who struggled a little bit in the early going, Pete, of this NHL season in 2022-23. Do you think Colorado is starting to figure it out? Yeah, for sure. And the big thing to remember with the Avalanche, they have no Nathan McKinnon right now. Hopefully he comes back soon, but he's missed a couple of weeks. Gabriel Landeskog has been out for a while and still more time to be missed ahead. They recently got back Valerie Nichuskin, who's a quality player. Also, Arturi Lekkinen scored a goal against his former team last night. The one thing with Colorado that's really encouraging is they have some of the best goaltending in the entire league, top five in team save percentage Despite, remember, Darcy Kemper leaving in the offseason after they won the Stanley Cup, Alexander Georgiev has been incredible. Nobody's really talking about him for the Vezina Trophy race. But when you think about the Avalanche's ceiling, even though they're like, what, 14 points back of the President's Trophy race right now, would you be surprised at all? I wouldn't if they went on a crazy like 10-game winning streak at some point, closed that gap, and got back into the conversation. So the ceiling is high for Colorado whether it's Georgiev for Vezina, which may still be a long shot, but could certainly happen, or you know the team getting back to the Stanley Cup final or repeating as champions or winning the President's Trophy. You can't rule anything out with a team of this ilk. So, Pete, that transitions us very well into the next question about Colorado here. They are still booked as the favorites to win the Stanley Cup this season in the National Hockey League. Are they still your favorites to possibly make it two straight in Colorado? They have a great chance. Honestly, I picked them to go back to the Final Four. I felt like that was their floor, but Georgiev has been better than I could have anticipated, really. So with a 924 save percentage and two shutouts, and he's really been at 920 or better all season, it's never really gotten bad, even when they were missing all those guys, plus Nachuskin, plus Lekkinen earlier in the season. They've gotten other guys to step, step up in the secondary scoring. They also recently got Evan Rodriguez back. Uh, really good shots on goal generator. If you're doing you know, DFS or shot props or stuff like that, he's had a ton of yeah. shots in his four games since coming back from injury. And Rodriguez had seven shots on goal against Montreal last night. So really impressive kind of diamond in the rough type player there. But yeah, I do think that the Colorado Avalanche, you know, will have a great chance to get back to the final. My preseason pick was the Carolina Hurricanes. I still think even in the midst of their great stretch of play recently and their long point streak, they still have another layer to reach with Max Pacioretty coming back at some point during the season. And watch out for Carolina and Pyotr Kachetkov. Yeah. He's, you know, going way up the odds board, I would imagine, or at least his chances to win the Calder Trophy are real now. Whereas just a week or two ago, we were saying it was Matty Beniers and Logan Thompson. Watch out for Pyotr Kachetkov and his ceiling, even as a part of a three-man goalie unit when they're all healthy, when Freddie Anderson comes back, there's also Antti Ranta. But really, yeah. this is Kachetkov's team, and he's proved it over the past month or so. In Carolina on a six-game winning streak. You saw there the Avs still the favorites to win the Stanley Cup this year, but the team only a dollar behind them with the second-best price, the Boston Bruins. Pete, they have the best record in the National Hockey League, 
52 points at this juncture of the NHL season. A heavy favorite at home tonight, hosting the Winnipeg Jets, minus 245 on that money line. With the league's best record right now, Pete Jensen, are the Boston Bruins the clear-cut best team in the NHL? Not clear-cut. I think those two other teams we mentioned, Colorado and Carolina, have to be in the same conversation. And and those teams have had more playoff success in the past few years, obviously, than the Bruins, who were, uh, they played well last year, but uh, were a first-round exit. So I, I think yeah. that with Boston, uh, the goaltending is the big thing. It, can Linus Allmark remain the best goalie in the entire league statistically? I would say probably not. We'll see if... Um, you know, if Jeremy Swayman can help pick up the slack a little bit, that's something I would look forward to in the second half of the season. So Boston, either way, should be in pretty good hands entering the postseason. But this home point streak that they're on to start the season is absolutely incredible. I've never seen anything like it. 17-0-2 to start the season on home ice. So, so until someone rips it away from them, that's why you see them as such big favorites in this game, despite yeah. Winnipeg being a pretty darn good team. We'll see if Hellebuck starts for them. It's actually one of the other best goalies in the league so far this year. But Winnipeg has no Blake Wheeler, no Nikolai Ehlers right now. And the Jets are a team that has been a force to be reckoned with right there near the top of the Central Division standing. So it should be a great game. I think it's maybe a little bit more even than the odds might suggest that you just showed. But again, until someone takes it away from Boston on home ice in regulation, how could you go against them? So, Pete, the East is stacked right now. In the Stanley Cup odds, it's Colorado as the favorite, but five of the seven best prices hail from the Eastern Conference. The Bruins are the favorites in the East, a plus 280 number. But if you were looking a little bit deeper down this board, trying to find a team that had some value, Pete, who's a sleeper in the Eastern Conference at this moment? Yeah, I mean, a sleeper to make the playoffs for sure is the Buffalo Sabres. I mean, the way this team has been playing lately, they lead the entire NHL in goals per game. Obviously, they're not going to they don't have enough runway left to make up the amount of ground that would take to contend for an Eastern Conference title, but this is a team that, you know, 2-3 years down the line, I could see them becoming one of the best teams in the entire league with their top line, Tage Thompson, Jeff Skinner, Alex Tuck, their second line with Dylan Cousins. He's had a breakout year. They're getting stabilized goaltending right now from the 41-year-old veteran Craig Anderson and also Uko Pekalukkanen. So they have a nice little tandem. And, yeah, their offense is great. Their power play is dynamic. Tage Thompson very quietly is an MVP candidate, if you could believe it. I still think there's a case if the Sabres do make the playoffs and end their decade-long playoff drought, Right. You could see the voters maybe warm up to the idea that Tage Thompson at six yeah. foot seven or whatever he is, the towering force, uh, you know, he's reaching new heights for the Buffalo Sabres this year. He's among the top five in like major offensive categories like goals and points and shots on goal. So give a look at Tage Thompson for MVP. It's going to be tough to beat McDavid. But, you know, we've seen McDavid win it before. We haven't seen the Sabres make the playoffs in over a decade.
As Pete is saying right there, the Sabres still a long shot to get into the postseason in the Eastern Conference, plus 400, but allow Pete Jensen to provide some value in plus money prices for you during this holiday week. The Sabres have won four straight. Pete, only about 30 seconds left in this segment. The Battle of New York tonight, the Islanders and the Rangers in Madison Square Garden. The Rangers a slight favorite on that money line. Who has the edge this evening in MSG? The Islanders have had great success at MSG lately. Uh, Ilya Sorokin's in a little bit of a slump, so bounce back situation for him. He's honestly body of work so far this season, been just as good, if not better, than Igor Shesterkin. So that narrows the gap a little bit. Uh, the Islanders are probably the deeper offense. Uh, the defenses are both strong with you know Dobson on one end and then, of course, uh, K. Andre Miller and Fox on the other end. It should be a great matchup, but the Islanders have had the edge in this series for a while. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. A huge Thursday night football game at MetLife Stadium between the Jets and the Jaguars. Both teams in contention for the postseason. Their hopes for the playoffs on the line tonight. Welcome back to the morning after. Live right here on this Thursday, a man that knows New York very well joins us now on TMA. John Yastrzemski back on the show here on the morning after. The host of the New York, New York podcast for The Ringer. Also, of course, doing some work for SNY as well. He is back here on TMA to get you ready for your holiday weekend in week 16 starting tonight, JJ. Thank you so much for joining us here on TMA. My pleasure. I'm looking forward to it. It's nice being able to talk about two local teams that have playoff aspirations, two big games for sure for both the Jets and the Giants. And uh, bring your rain boots and your umbrella, Ben, if you're making your way out to MetLife Stadium tonight. It is going to be a nasty, nasty night in the Tri-State area. It certainly is going to be cold, windy, rainy. Maybe why some of the offensive props have started to dwindle down on this 30 morning, as well as the total. 37 and a half is now the over-under for the Jets and the Jags tonight. New York has flipped to the favorite laying one and a half points. JJ, a very short spread for this evening. Could you consider this game as impactful as it is for the Jets with their season on the line this, this night against the Jaguars? No question. I don't see the Jets making a playoffs if they lose this game to Jacksonville tonight. And if Mike White was starting this game at quarterback, I would be the utmost confident that the Jets are going to find a way to win. The Jet defense, I know they gave up the touchdown at the Lions off fourth down last week. They have been terrific all year. The Jaguars have not traveled well. They've had a lot of duds away from their home stadium. And I know what the narrative is going to be. It's going to be Trevor Lawrence against Zach Wilson. And listen, nobody in their right mind would even try to compare the two. Trevor Lawrence is an ascending quarterback who I think is going to be a top 10 quarterback when it's all said and done. Zach Wilson is probably not going to be an NFL starter by the time you hit next year or the following year. But, Ben, I have a hard time with these Thursday night road spots. You have a warm-weather team coming up to sloppy conditions, and I think the spot screams New York Jets. I think this is 
an overvalued spot for Jacksonville. And listen, this is coming from a guy who has Jacksonville at 8-1. to one. I took a lottery ticket on that to go and win the AFC South. So I'm not going to be the least bit upset if they find a way to win this game. But the fact that this line has moved the way that it has, the conditions being what they are, I think the run game and the defense will end up being the difference. And I would take the Jets to go and win this game. I'd play them on the money line. I'd lay one and a half. I, yeah, why not? Do both. I, I To me, with those small numbers, though, I don't want to get cute. If I can get a money line at 115 or 120, I'm taking it. So money line, Jets. And that number is right there on Gang Green right now. It's maybe why the number has flipped to the Jets as a favorite. 2-0 against the spread this year as a favorite. To echo JJ's points about the Jaguars on the road this year, both 2-5 and five straight up and against the spread. So knowing it's going to be cold and sloppy at MetLife tonight, and as you mentioned, John, the fact that the Jets are a top-five scoring defense, a top-five total defense as well. What is your expectation for that Jets defense tonight in trying to slow down that Jacksonville offensive attack? I think they're going to play well, Ben. I think they're going to play well because they got the corners number one to match up. Number two, the conditions, you have to figure here, are going to favor both of these defenses. Now, again, if you're talking about what quarterback do you trust more here, you're clearly going to trust Trevor Lawrence a lot more than you're going to trust Zach Wilson. But I think the Jet defense ends up being the best unit on the field tonight. I'm putting my faith, I'm putting my confidence in them, and I think they find a way to get it done. It's a really good point because the storyline of this game will be number one versus number two. The first two quarterbacks selected the first two picks overall in the 2021 NFL Draft. In the passing yards props, JJ, knowing what the weather is expected to be at MetLife tonight, working their way down. On this Thursday, only two 12 and a half for Trevor Lawrence, only 197 in a hook for Zach Wilson. So let's start with the starter now for the Jets once again in Zach Wilson, the number two overall pick from the 2021 NFL Draft. How have you evaluated his play in the eight starts he has made for the Jets this year? Look, he's incapable of making the simple throw. I think you saw that again last Sunday against Detroit. Zach Wilson's at his best when the play breaks down and he's rolling out and he's chucking the ball 30 or 40 or 50 yards down the field. But when it comes to executing, playing the position of quarterback, Ben, he's incapable of doing so. And you can sense and see the frustration amongst jet wide receivers. And I'm not saying it's a great look, but basically anytime Garrett Wilson runs a 15 or a 20 yard slant and the ball is at his feet or it's over his head, he's basically gesturing, throwing his hands up in the air saying, come on, man, get me the ball for goodness sakes. That's why I don't have hope for Zach Wilson long-term. It, it's great that he has the monster arm. It's great that he has some, uh, what's the word, playmaking ability. But if you can't handle simple progressions and playing in the pocket, what's the hope for you? You know, like people want to pin this on a Jet coaching staff. Like they should be doing more. You, you think the Jet coaching staff hasn't tried to stress to Zach Wilson, hey, these are the simple throws. you got to be able to make them. you got to be able to go through your reads. Then why all of a sudden when Mike White comes in, he's able to do these very simple ass and these very simple yeah. tasks. Zach Wilson is not going to be the Jet quarterback next year.
He might be on the roster next year. Ben, I'd be shocked if he's their starter next season. Unless you tell me he has the offseason of his life, he all of a sudden solves all these problems that have been a major issue for him the first two years. I, for one, don't see how that changes, especially when you combine that with the win-now timetable that the rest of the team and the roster kind of is dealing with. Especially with that defense. And it's been interesting to try to follow the words that Robert Sala has said surrounding the quarterback position for his team this year, but I would not be confident. Zach Wilson is the day one starter entering 2023. It's that other Wilson, though. Garrett Wilson in his rookie season out of Ohio State that has looked sensational in the Jets' offense. Certainly that partnership with Mike White, but playing with Zach Wilson tonight. What will Garrett Wilson mean to this offense this evening, JJ? Well, if Mike White was starting, these props wouldn't be as low as they are, Ben. I mean, you're seeing it right there, 57 and a half. That is an insanely low total for Garrett Wilson. And, and, And I cannot come on and advocate the over for two reasons. One, the connection between Zach and Garrett clearly hasn't been there. Number two... The weather conditions being what they are. Now, all it takes is Garrett Wilson to get one busted play, and you're talking about a 30 or a 40-yard reception, and you easily go over on that prop. I I would be more confident, Ben, in taking his over in yards and not necessarily his over in receptions. Due to the way the game script might go, I think it's more likely he gets three catches for like 70 yards, give or take, and ends up being a bomb. I just have a hard time getting involved with a lot of the overs in this game, knowing the uncertainty of the weather conditions. Now, again, we're sitting here. It's 1033 in the morning on the East Coast. The weather could look awful now, and things could change by 7, 8 o'clock. And then all of a sudden, it's a far more, dare I say, normal type of game script. So you got to be careful with that. Kind of got to monitor these conditions as the day kind of goes on. But my read right now on Garrett Wilson is maybe want to have some fun, take the over with yards. Definitely not taking the over in receptions. So, JJ, you think the Jets are in a good spot tonight. If they win, their postseason hopes still very much alive. New York ends the year, though, with two consecutive road games in Seattle and in Miami. As you look at the Jets' playoff odds at the moment, still pretty long from that odds perspective with a Jets victory tonight do you think New York will be a playoff team this season I don't I think the Jets missed the boat on that I think the Jets can find a way to get to a winning in scenario in Miami and let's be honest Ben if you told the Jeff Fenn at the beginning of the year they'd play in week 18 for a chance to make the postseason every single one of them would have signed on the dotted line so if they win tonight which I think they will I think that winning in scenario will be there for them against the Dolphins. Now, again, they are physical. Maybe that's a good matchup for them against Tua. Dolphins, though, have been money at home. Different team home as opposed to on the road. That's why those playoff odds are what they are. Jets probably be a a four-and-a-half, five-point underdog, I think, in South Florida. 
Yeah, it's a really good point as well. And you can see what the odds say for New York right now. The Jets, though, like JJ mentioned, already over their preseason win total that was booked at five and a half. You always have to have that context of expectations for a season. The New York Giants also already over their preseason win total. An eight-win football team right now, JJ, on the road on Saturday against the Minnesota Vikings. How do the Giants look to sustain momentum in the Twin Cities on Saturday? I think it's pretty simple. Get after the quarterback. That was their blueprint in Washington. Kayvon Thibodeau made the play of the game, got him going. Their offense is not going to light the world on fire. They're not keeping up in a shootout against the Minnesota Vikings. They need their defense to show up. Pass rush shows up, they'll be live in the game. If it doesn't, they're losing by two scores. A huge victory over Washington on Sunday night. The Giants now a minus 750 favorite to make the postseason. John Yastrzemski of New York, New York for the Ringer and SNY breaking it down for us here entering week 16 of this NFL season. JJ, thank you so much. Have a wonderful holiday weekend. You got it, Ben. Thanks, buddy. We look to that Christmas Eve slate up next here on the morning app. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Live right here on this Thursday on the morning after on SportsGrid. Week 16 starts tonight in MetLife as we just broke down with John Yastrzemski. Some bad weather expected moving the offensive props and maybe the total as well. The Jets a one and a half point favorite. The over under 37 and a half. Now most of the games this weekend in the National Football League that starts tonight on a Thursday. Most of them for the Christmas weekend on the horizon this holiday are on Saturday, Christmas Eve. 11 of the 14 games take place on Christmas Eve Saturday. A triple header on Sunday capped off in week 16 by a Monday night football game in Indianapolis. So let's look at some of the biggest storylines entering the Saturday slate on Christmas Eve in the National Football League. The main game we've been storing, uh, following excuse me, all week long here on the morning after happens Saturday afternoon at the Star in Dallas. It's an NFC East showdown between the Cowboys and the Eagles. And the main storyline into this game, of course, the availability and the health status of Jalen Hurts. We got confirmation from Nick Sirianni just two days ago that it is, in fact, a sprained right throwing shoulder for Jalen Hurts. But although the injury news that was first made public on Monday seemed as though Hurts' status would be in doubt, Nick Sirianni, the head man in Philly, saying, hey, Jalen Hurts a pretty tough guy. He might be able to play in this football game. So a six-point spread in favor of Dallas started to work its way down to only four and a half points. Now live on this Thursday morning, the line moving back in the manner of the Cowboys. It is five and a half in favor of the boys against the Birds on Saturday afternoon at the Star. The over-under 47 in a hook if this line holds and that would indicate to me that Jalen Hurts is not playing it will be the first game for Philly all year long booked as an underdog the Eagles a 13 and one record the best in the National Football League and again 
Although on paper, this is a tremendous matchup between two bitter foes, a game we had circled for quite some time entering this Saturday, it might not mean all that much for Philadelphia. They hold a three-game lead in the NFC East. They have already beaten the Cowboys once this year, so they do hold that tiebreaker advantage as of right now. Philly needs to win just one of their final three games to clinch not only the NFC East division, but the NFC's number one overall seed. The Birds are the favorites in the NFC market at this moment to win a conference championship, a plus 165 number. The market has worked slightly against them from the postseason perspective surrounding the injury concern or maybe uncertainty is a better word around Jalen Hurts. It's plus 165 now. Philly entering week 16 a couple of days ago following another victory, five straight for Philadelphia this past Sunday in Chicago. Chicago, it was a plus 150 number. The market has looked optimistically on San Francisco, the second best price, plus 250. The Cowboys don't necessarily enter Saturday's game on the hottest stretch here, plus 450. The market working against Dallas in the NFC title odds as well. The Cowboys obviously losing in overtime against the Jacksonville Jaguars. They had a 17-point lead in the third quarter and they struggled mightily the Sunday before at home against the Houston Texans as a 17 and a half point favorite they did not cover that number did not come anywhere close they won that game though outright surviving winning 27 23 Andrew Bocci Galupa our associate producer live right here on the morning after as we get things going and the producer of not only college football today but pro football today as well now adds a little expertise for us here for the Saturday slate in the National Football League. But first, before we dive into the NFL, Bocce, a congratulations in order to you, my friend, a proud now graduate of Hofstra University. Bocce, thank you for joining us here on this Thursday morning on TMA. It's great to be here, recently college graduate. Now we enter the real world. Time to work, time to get after it. And we're working for everybody else out there providing the winning edge bank because that's what we do here at Sports Group. Exactly, Botch. Now you're working. You're hoping to cash some paychecks. You're hoping to give out some winning advice as well. We just showed those NFC championship odds. The market working slightly against Philadelphia, but the birds deservedly so. Still the favorite. If Jalen Hurts does miss Sunday or Saturday, excuse me, in Dallas, there is not a fear botchy necessarily. This is a long-term concern pushing into the postseason for Hurts and the Eagles. But when you look at the NFC title race right now and what the odds indicate there, Bocci, who's the team in the NFC you have the most confidence in at this moment? I have the most confidence in the Philadelphia Eagles. The Jalen Hurst injury, I feel like we're towards the back end of the season. And while it is important for him to play in this Cowboys game, reports are now indicating that he is probably not going to go Saturday. But I feel like when you look at the NFC as a whole, the Eagles are one of the most complete teams as a whole to where if Jalen Hurts isn't going to be as effective with his arm, the Eagles are still going to be able to run the ball, run a couple option plays. They have an incredibly talented backfield, a lot of great offensive weapons that Jalen Hurts has been able to build chemistry with this season. I think this game that he will be missing this weekend, it seems like, but is very important towards the NFC East standings. But I think as a whole, it's not going to really bring the Eagles down the standings as much. I think that you get them into the playoffs healthy. They're one of the most rounded teams. I love the San Francisco 49ers, but 
Can you really trust Brock Purdy? I think that offense and that entire team as a whole is so incredible. But I can't trust Brock Purdy in a playoff game. And while, yes, Jalen Hurts in the playoffs, it'll be, what, his first go-around in the NFL playoffs? The, Eagle as a, the Eagles as a team, with all of those veterans on that team, both on the offensive side yeah. and the defensive side of the ball, I think they could be able to pick up Jalen Hurts and pick up wherever this team may be lacking in terms of banged-up injuries towards the back end of this season. It would be the second game, Botch, for Jalen Hurts as a postseason player as we get rolling here in 2022. Last year in 2021, it was a quick first round exit in the wild card round the reason it might be forgettable is because they got absolutely slammed by the Buccaneers in Tampa Bay but as we keep it going here Botch for that Saturday slate on Christmas Eve you mentioned the Niners the team with the second best price to win the NFC title at this moment a touchdown favorite in Santa Clara against the Washington Commanders now the Commanders still currently Bocce hold that seventh and final NFC playoff spot the Niners We'll see what their motivation is. They are looking to win eight straight games. They have already clinched the NFC West. There is a ton of ground to make up, even if Philly slides over these next couple of weeks in the NFL regular season, for them to potentially be the number one overall seed, but still postseason positioning, front and center for Kyle Shanahan and San Francisco. Botch, do you think Washington can make this game competitive, keeping within that margin of a touchdown? And if so, how do the commanders get that done? They have to stay competitive. And although this game on paper, touchdown favorite, the 49ers, you may think, all right, they just won the division, but you brought up an important point of that first seed is still not totally out of the question for the San Francisco 49ers. If they can win a majority of their games the rest of the season, it is important for any team, both AFC and NFC, to get that first seed because now with the seven teams in the postseason, you're getting one team on the bye week. And I'm sure Kyle Shanahan and that entire San Francisco team has their eyes set on that bye week. Washington, a tough loss to the Giants now. It's going to be really hard for them to get into the postseason because they don't hold any tiebreakers over the New York Giants now. So now that final wild card spot is going to come down to Seattle, Detroit, and Washington. As long as the Giants don't lose out, they're, they seem pretty destined for the NFL postseason. This commander's team is playing hard all season. Taylor Heineke is a very competitive quarterback, but the Niners as a whole, it doesn't matter who is in that game at quarterback, running back, on the offensive side and defensive side, the scheme of the 49ers is just electrifying and has been incredible all season long. I would expect San Francisco to go out there and win this game by a heavy margin. Yeah, it's a seven-point spread for a reason. The Niners have covered in five straight as well, booked as a favorite on this seven-game win streak. You mentioned maybe some doubts around Brock Purdy, but so far in two starts, he has looked very good. Three games in total filling in for Jimmy Garoppolo in that opening quarter, quarter three weeks ago against the Miami Dolphins. Could there be some drop-off once we get to playoff time and it matters even more? Maybe, but as of right now, in that Kyle Shanahan offense with the mastermind he is, things have looked pretty, pretty good. Let's flip it over to the AFC, or at least one team in the AFC right now. Botch, the Kansas City Chiefs, a nine-and-a-half-point favorite against the Seattle Seahawks. It seemed as though the Seahawks were destined for at least a playoff berth, even if they couldn't contend with the Niners down the home stretch in the NFC West. Now their path is pretty difficult. 
and a huge game this week in Arrowhead as a nine and a half point underdog. But Bocce, here's some stats on KC in failing to cover a number as a favorite. They have not covered in five straight. They did push once in this recent five-game span. A 4-9-1 and one record this year against the spread. That's the second worst in the National Football League. So as that game board graphic asked, Bocce, it's the same question to you. Can the Chiefs cover this weekend? I think this is a great spot to buy in on the Chiefs to cover a number because coming off of that game, going to overtime with the Houston Texans, come on, Ben. You have to assume that the Chiefs coming into this week back home in Arrowhead after coming off the overtime game to Houston, they have to be ready. The Seattle Seahawks are a team that is determined to make the playoffs. The Kansas City Chiefs, you, it's almost an embarrassment to even go into overtime against the Houston Texans. They were laying more than two touchdowns going into that game. It was a shock that the game even went into overtime. The Chiefs back at home. It is a double, a near double-digit number, but I like the right. Chiefs to come out really firing in that first half. A first-half number could be something I look to the Chiefs to covering as a better bet than the game as a whole. The Chiefs coming out in the first half, you have to assume electrifying plays from Patrick Mahomes. It's going to be a cold one out in Kansas City, so check the weather reports, especially before all the games this weekend. It's going to be a cold week in the NFL. It's a really good point, Bot. Cold weather expected really all across the country for the 11 games on Christmas Eve Saturday. How will that affect the odds and how they move and the handicaps that we have for them? So a big game for the Chiefs, currently tied for the best record in the AFC, but Buffalo has the edge with the head-to-head tiebreaker three teams right now botch atop the afc odds board and all contending for the number one overall seed buffalo and cincinnati play each other next weekend the chiefs have one of the easiest schedules remaining so botch out of this crop of three teams who do you think earns the number one overall seed in the afc come playoff time I think it's the Kansas City Chiefs. They are a Super Bowl championship team that has done it before. They know what it takes down the stretch towards the back end of the season where some teams may not be as fully invested into the season, and the Chiefs know that they can take advantage of that. And the Kansas City Chiefs getting that first buy, if they can get over the Buffalo Bills in the standings, that's going to be huge for them because this AFC is filled with a ton of talented teams and a ton of talented teams that are hungry. Think about the L.A. Chargers, that if they can get fully healthy and get into the playoff mix, it's going to be a a very fun one down the stretch in the AFC. Andrew Bocci-Galupo, you are the best. Thank you for filling in when we needed you here on a Thursday on the morning after. We round out the show with a bye-bye-bye best bet in college football bowl season up next sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com Closing out our two hours together here, live on the morning after on Sports Grid on this Thursday. Sirius XM, Channel 159. It's the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. All across the Spiz Grizz Network, that's Sports Grid. I am Ben Stevens. College football bowl season rolls on on this Thursday. Yes, there is 
Thursday night football on the horizon between the Jaguars and the Jets. And frankly, I was ready to get on this show to tell you to bet the over of Trevor Lawrence's passing yards prop because the Jags are in the position of contending for an AFC South divisional crown because of T-Law. In three of the last four that the Jaguars have won, Trevor Lawrence has thrown for 318 yards or more in all three of those victories. But the weather looks dismal here in the greater New York City tri-state area tonight and the props are a mess because of it so let's go to a game before the NFL in college football bowl season the Armed Forces Bowl between Air Force and Baylor so before we say farewell and before we say goodbye it's time for a college football bowl season best bet it is time for bye 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 Air Force runs the triple option like most of the service academies do. They are the number one rushing team in all of college football, averaging well over 318 yards per game on the ground this year. Baylor has regressed defensively, a top 20 rushing defense last year, now giving up more than 142 yards per game on the ground. And the Bears lost three straight to end out the year, giving up more than 166 yards per game on the ground in those final three losses I think Air Force is very live to cover a number getting three and a half points against the Bears in the Armed Forces Bowl tonight but on top of that let's just focus on the nation's third leading rusher in Brad Roberts to go over his rushing yards prop of 115 and a half he averages a buck 34 per game this year he has gone over this number in eight of the 12 for the Falcons this year having at least 108 yards in 10 of the 12 overall that does it for the morning after on this thursday on sports grid we'll be back for a football friday tomorrow it starts at 9 a.m eastern time i'm ben stevens